Next on BYU Sports Nation, 2015 fall football camp is now open. What we learned after day one of BYU football. There's a new vocal leader emerging on the defense. Who is it? And why Blaine Fowler expects big things from the defense this year. Plus, running backs coach Mark Atawaya on replacing Jamal Williams and the second round of the greatest plays of BYU football independence. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's... Spencer Linton and Brian Logan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU, Monday, August 10th, wherever. However you're dialed in, great to have you with us once again. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with broken bone specialist Brian Logan. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I have two broken bones. One has healed correctly, the other uh, has not. <laughs> <laughs> one was my uh, my when my in- index finger, my junior college, my my freshman year during my junior college days, uh, broke, wore cast, very similar to when I came to BYU, uh, broke that broke that the ring finger, and uh, uh, it never healed because I needed surgery, and I was just named the starter the day before. Uh, I broke it, and so I was like, "Yep, nope, no way." <laughs> Can I play with this doctor? And they're like, yeah, if you, yeah, you just got to cast it. Okay, put it on. Your finger could be messed up. I don't care. It could, like, re- you could, like, get it removed if it gets infected and doesn't heal right. That's fine. Was it's it okay. worth it, Brian? Oh, it was worth it, man. It was worth it? It, it was worth it. And <laughs> Coach, Coach Markey said this. This is when he was a GA at the time. He said, bro, whatever relationship you're in right now, that's a bad sign. You need to get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was with my, I was with my, my high school sweetheart for six years up until that point, and yeah, no longer together. <laughs> oh, that is funny. Yeah. Hey, mm-hmm. while we're on the topic of broken bones, Brian, perhaps you can weigh in on this. An early rise and shout out to a proud member of BYU Sports Nation. Her name is Amy Miller. A little background: many of you are aware of what the BYU 50 Project is and what it means. For those that aren't. BYU Athletic Marketing has been dropping boxes of Cougar swag all over the country, 50 days, 50 states, and in some cases, even other countries. On Saturday, it was the state of Utah's turn. Listen to this. Amy Miller in American Fork, one, jumped out of a moving car, ran towards a box of BYU swag, tripped, breaks her arm, gets up, and still touches the (laughs) box first so that she can win the swag. Wow. Okay, better yet. She stayed to take a picture with the broken arm, smile on her face, and then went to the hospital. We need to ask her, if was it worth it? That's what I want to know. Was it worth it? Was a broken arm worth the swag? <laughs> oh, she sent out this tweet laying in a hospital bed. Quote, broke my arm for BYU 50, so if that's not dedication, I don't know what is. <laughs> BYU Cougars true fan, end quote. I heard the x-ray looked like an S. Not, not kidding. Ooh. So, Amy, well done. All the coaches were tweeting at her, by the way. Guy Holiday's like, hey, I don't know if you won the box or not, but, like, if you need tickets to any game, I will make it happen. We, we need to have you there. Tickets and I want food. I want to be in the box suites. I want, all, I want parking passes. I want all the above for going all out. That would just be me, though. An elite effort from Amy Miller. Here are the rest of today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Today marks day two of fall camp for the BYU football Cougars. Wide receiver Mitch Matthews and cornerback Micah Hanneman both did not practice on Saturday, sitting out with undisclosed 
minor injuries. No major concern for either of them missing significant time. NFL football is back. The preseason kicked off with last night's Hall of Fame game featuring the Minnesota Vikings and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Former BYU uh, receiver Jordan Leslie did not play for the Vikings. Hmm. Very interesting to to see that. I was watching and kind of gave up middle of the, the fourth quarter. Didn't see my guy get in. So Get him on the field. Yeah. Give him a shot. BYU Volleyball News, our guy Jerem Jordan has confirmed that Jake Langlois and Ben Patch will both play in the Pan Am Cup for USA Volleyball in Reno, Nevada, August 12th through the 17th. So some insider news from the voice of BYU Men's Volleyball. Nice. It's a minor league baseball. Jacob Hanneman went 3-for-5 with two runs and an RBI for the Tennessee Smokies and a 14-to-1 dominating win over the Jackson Generals. A good note to rise and shout. Because it's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Day one revelations. And they they and I love Jamal. Uh, he will be back. Um, absolutely will make the best of this situation. And um, our team loves him, and I love him. So um, they're, they're all with him, as I am. Bronco Mendenhall speaking publicly for the first time about Jamal Williams withdrawing from school and redshirting for the 2015 season. Emphatic, however, that Jamal will be back in 2016. The reality now is, Brian, he's not playing. And that leaves some huge shoes to fill. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we were kind of nervous of, of and worried of who's going to uh really step up and, and be the guy. And I think the, the major concern was how does this affect Taysom now? You know, does he have to take the load, the, the running load upon himself? And we, we don't want that to happen because we want him to stay healthy. So, you know, we were looking at guys like uh, Algie Brown, uh, looking at guys um, like Adam Hine to, to step up. But something that was, was really interesting was what we saw. Yeah, we projected we projected last week that with an empty b- body in that running backs group that there would be somebody probably put over to fill Jamal's spot. We didn't see that on Saturday. Nope. Riley Burt played running back for Box Elder High School in Utah, was a standout. He was with the defensive backs. A.J. Moore was with the running backs last year. He's yeah. with the defensive backs. So no new bodies in that running backs group. Just the three that we thought would be there, Algie Brown, Nate Carter, and Adam Hine, and a couple of others who we didn't know, one being Francis Bernard, who is another Utah kid who's a freshman, and then Toloai Hoching, who we think is going to be more of the Paul Lasique type in that fullback role as a run blocker. Was, but no but no new players in that running backs group as of now. No, no. What, what was really interesting to me was Nate Carter. I mean, we knew that Algie Brown was – was was the next guy up, right? He he did some good things last year. Had some some great plays that he made, especially coming out of the backfield. I mean, this is a guy that that knows the system, knows the playbook, uh, can, can can block, can run, can do everything. Uh, and so it, it was no surprise there. But what surprised me was my five was he five 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 four? <laughs> He's taller Nate than that. Carter in the backfield with the ones. And and you look at what he did last year and and everybody was like, "Oh man, we need to get this kid some more reps." He, you know, he's small, he's, he he hides behind all the linemen. Uh, you know, and 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 then for him to kind of fizzle out for the rest of the year, we didn't really see him anymore. We were kind of like, "Huh? What happened? What's what's the issue here?" But to see him on the field yesterday taking snaps with the ones 
It's great for me, man. It's a small world after all, Spencer. What he did last year brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 6.2. Nate Carter, over 47 career runs as a running back, averages 6.2 yards per carry. 47 rushes, 291 yards, and a touchdown. Feed that man the ball. I, I, I think it's a great. I think it's great that he's seeing snaps with the with the ones, regardless of anything, height, weight, regardless of what it is. His production right here, the stat of the day shows you that he can play. I said this last week. Until Nate Carter does something to show me that he doesn't deserve the ball, mm. give him the ball. Right. He hasn't shown me any sign of not deserving to see the what, field. What happened? Was I think he like fumbled the ball one time last year, but then he got it back. I think that was kind of the we after that we didn't really see him anymore. But I mean, he didn't turn the ball over. Got it back. Forty-seven rushes, two hundred ninety-one yards, six point two average. Why not? I mean, do they have any other options? Do they have any other options right now? Nope. Then to go with their senior backup. Nate Carter, who is the projected third stringer behind Jamal and Algie. Now Jamal's out. So it's Algie, Nate, and then Adam Hine is going to kind of be a hybrid between what Paul Asike did and add some depth also to the running back position. Right. But it's right now it's those three guys. Yep. It's those three. So what can you get out of Nate Carter? Now we did see a couple of surprises in the backfield, however which Bronco Mendenhall addressed in his post-practice comments. When he was asked about which players stood out in day one, he mentioned two, both running backs and both guys that we have not referenced on the show yet today. Freshman Francis Bernard and the current redshirt and transfer from Washington State, Squally Canada. Squally Canada looks really, really good. I know it's only been one day. I know it's only been one day. But from my initial impression of him, I cannot wait to see him get on the field for an actual football he's game. The, he's the best running back that, that BYU has. And, and when you hear what Coach Mendenhall has to say about him, you'll, you'll understand why we are all excited. I mean, the other major question mark with the loss of Jamal is who brings the passion for the running backs group now? Maybe it's Squally. I don't know. I mean, he's, he's a leader. It's good that they have him in that group. But who's the guy that brings the passion? And I asked Mark Atuaye about that. We'll hear from Coach Atuaye in about 20 minutes on what he plans on doing to get some emotion into that running back's room. That's, it hurts to lose that from Jamal. Gushers, fruit snacks, sugar. <laughs> get the sugar rush going. The other glaring need for a vocal leader, Brian, which we've discussed a number of times over the summer, is what happens on defense. But BYU may have found that guy. I talked one-on-one with sophomore linebacker Fred Warner when I asked him about the need of a vocal defensive leader, without hesitating, he pointed out Harvey Longy as that guy. Listen to this. Uh, well, he's, he's really established himself during the summer in the workouts. So that's based, on, based off the workouts and based off today, I feel like he's for sure the guy who's stepping up right now. Fred Warner has tabbed Harvey Longy as the defensive vocal leader. Brian, are Woo! you buying that? Are you buying Finally. into that? I am buying it. You know why? Just because of, of how this guy was flying around on the field on Saturday, um, how, how focused he was. I mean, this, he, he, him and many other players on the defense really looked like uh, they, they took their game to a whole other level 
in terms of, of focus, in terms of energy, of determination. And, and you really look at those things through your effort. And he is running, you know, 30, 40 yards down the field uh, to catch a receiver. And he goes and tries to strip the ball and gets into a little scuffle. And, and, and I mean, it looks like it's, it's gonna, a fight's going to occur. Uh, but the receiver made a very smart decision and not to uh, pursue that fight with, with Harvey. Yeah, the, the initial reaction was, get up. Stan, look at him like, uh, it's Harvey. Okay, now I'm just still going to just kind of flick the ball. Yeah, out of right, him. right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so good move by you. That, that's a business decision, uh, young receiver. But, but I, I, I love it. And, and who else would you rather be, uh, you know, want your leader to be than a middle linebacker or a, uh, a free safety or a strong safety? So, you know, great that Fred has said, hey, you know what, I, I see him working and I acknowledge that he's a leader right now of the defense. Not only just during day one of fall camp, but he said over the summer during lifts and workouts, Harvey has worked to establish himself as that guy. Right. So it's taken a while, and who knows? Maybe Harvey won't be that guy, but it looks like he's trying to be that guy, and BYU needs it. Flat out, they need that guy on the defense. What we did see in day one from the entire defense, Brian, however, was in 11-on-11 drills. Okay, so game simulation type scenarios. Defense won the day, man. Always, Spencer. Come on, man. Defense Defense, won the day in 11-on-11 drills. The defense was charged up to the max. Um, You know, I I love the excitement and and the passion that they were bringing. It doesn't matter. Anytime that there was a small play, uh, a a sack by Kai Nakula, uh, defense was was jumping up and down. The sideline was up and down. They had two interceptions on the day during team periods. Guys were jumping up, up and down. Any any small thing, a pass breakup, a tackle for loss, the entire defense, including the coaching staff, they were jumping up, ecstatic. I mean, high fives, thumbs up, all that good stuff was going on. And you you saw you saw that hey, these guys are are more determined this year. Hey, you know, we're not going to let the, the things that happened last year affect us. You know, we, we're coming out with a new attitude, and you very well saw that in their practice, in the play on Saturday. Will the defense surprise us this year? How much better will they be? We will ask Blaine Fowler that very question in five minutes. Right now, let's get to our Twitter question of the day. Who will be the 2015 BYU football fall camp MVP? Brian, will it come from the defensive side of the ball? Of course, man. You know, that's where all the athletes are, Spencer. Who's Okay, then who's going to be the fall camp MVP on the defensive side of the ball? Ooh, man. Uh, I'm going to go with Harvey. I'm going to go with Harvey Longy. Okay. So I, you know, it's, it's not like me to, to go a, a level in front uh, and go with the linebackers. I usually go with my DBs, but I'm going to go with Harvey, man. When you, when you come out the gates like that and, and you got the eye of the tiger, he's my guy. Last year, it was Christian Stewart. The year before that, it was Mitch Matthews. I say it's Squally Canada. And the unfortunate part about that, he can't play until 2016. Who will be the football fall camp MVP? Up next, Blaine Fowler, national champion quarterback, joins us with insight. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU. Show simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. You can always use the hashtag BYUSN. Did you miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation? The show is on demand by downloading our podcast on iTunes or the TuneIn app. 
Watch it on BYUSN.com. Our Twitter question today, who will be the 2015 BYU football fall camp MVP? First tweet in from at Allen 43 MVP will be Algie Brown. With Jamal gone, he will step up big time. He certainly has the opportunity and the attention of everybody watching yeah. because of what happened. It'd be hard for me to say Algie because knowing you, don't, you may not have the depth there at running back, how, how much do you want to play him? Right, you want to play him enough to to get ready for the season, but I, I don't want to play him enough to to get you know to cause injuries. Where now I, I don't know who really is going to be my featured guy. At Mo underscore Finn says it's going to be Nick Kurtz. He is going to show off why he will be more productive than Mitch Matthews. Yes, yes, that's what I said five years ago. You said that five <laughs> years ago. <laughs> or maybe like five days ago. I uh, meant like five hours ago. Yeah. Let's ask the man that has biceps that you could only dream of, Brian Logan. Blaine Fowler. (laughs) BYU National Champion quarterback, college football insider joining us right now. Blaine, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Thanks. You know, last week after I talked to you guys and I went back and looked online, because, you know, you can stream this show later, just to look at Brian's biceps. I mean, it motivated me. I worked out like a crazy man last week (laughs) trying to keep up with my with my nephew Brian, it's crazy how hey. he's got that peak going on. Hey, Uncle, Uncle B, I I I, lit, I did buys today. I did back and buys today. Here's another picture for you. It actually looks like an orange right now. Oh. That's just that's just like an orange implant, like an implant just implemented into my arm. An implant I, implemented yeah. into your an arm. Implant implemented into my arm. Hey, well I see you know he's got an orange going. So the only thing I, all I can do is is go for a softball. Then if he's got an orange in there. <laughs> I'm going to have to go for a softball at some point. So, That's right. All right, now that we've got the bicep love out of the way, which is a <laughs> mandatory segment every time we talk to Blaine Fowler, let's ask you today's Twitter question, Blaine. Who's going to be the fall camp MVP? Well, it's interesting. I hear you guys talking about um, you know, different folks. But to me, it's got to be Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this is why. It's like... When we're talking MVPs, it sounds like the theme is who's going to step up and be an MVP that we're not expecting to be an MVP. But I'm telling you right now, if this is going to be a special season, then the guy that is supposed to be the leader, he's got positional leadership and he's playing quarterback. He's a superstar in the making. So everybody on that team is looking to him, and he's got to be the guy. He has to be the MVP of camp. He's got to be the guy that when you get two weeks into it and everybody's getting worn down, is the one that everybody looks to that lifts them up, that still has energy, that they go, oh, my goodness, look, this is our star, and he's still going full speed. He looks like he's enjoying himself. He's got a smile on his face. He's making plays. i got to pick my game up. If he's not the MVP of camp, then we got a problem, guys. That's a great point. That's, that's a fantastic point because I, I remember when I played in, in 2009, uh, my first year, I was I was huffing and puffing, trying to get acclimated to just D one and 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 the speed of the game. And when I saw guys like Max and and Dennis and and Jan Jorgensen out, you know, thirty minutes before, I was like, come on, okay, all right, get you pumped up and get you going, uh, Uncle B. How much can we expect from the running backs with Jamal now gone? Well, I I think that we learned what we can expect from them when Jamal was gone last year. Remember, there there was a lot of time when they played without him, and so I do think it'll be more running back by committee. And you've got a group of guys with with different skill sets. 
I think LG Brown can be a combination of physical um, with enough speed to get to the edge, but he's kind of a downhill guy. You've got Nate Carter, who I think is the one guy that's going to maybe be the, the beneficiary of more time with Jamal out. He's a real good change-up back. He makes people miss. Now, I've talked to the guys on defense that have had to defend him in practice, and they say that he hits the hole so hard that if you don't, as a linebacker, as a defensive back, get to your assignment, whatever gap you're supposed to be in, if you don't scrape and get there, or if you're not running downhill as a safety run in the alley, he gets on you so quickly that you're off balance and he makes you miss. And so I think that maybe he's the one that we see get the most playing time um, as a result of Jamal not being there, as a change-up back. And then, and I love Adam Hine, and I think he's a workhorse as well. And so I think that you're just going to see a combination of guys in there. Um, I don't think we're going to see Taysom Hill all of a sudden go, oh, now I've got to run the ball a bunch more because Jamal's not there. They have enough weapons at receiver that they can have the quick throw game be an extension of the run game. They can involve the backs in the throw game a little bit more, and, and I think we'll see them be effective. We learned what they can do at the end of the season last year with Christian Stewart in there at quarterback, distribute the football, get it into playmakers' hands, and they don't have to rely on a running back to rush the ball 30 times a game to be successful offensively. Blaine, it's interesting that you bring up how or if Taysom Hill's role will change with the loss of Jamal Williams. Taysom was asked about that after practice on Saturday, and he said, I don't think it's going to change at all. Bronco Mendenhall said, I hope it doesn't change at all. Do you really, are you buying into that, that Taysom's role will not change, even though Jamal's not coming back in 2015? I I like the mindset that Taysom's coming into this year with, and that is he's got to be a guy that makes everybody on the field better. And you do that by being a distributor of the football quarterback. And so, you know, there's one less weapon he has in Jamal Williams, but I still think Taysom's mindset is get the ball to Nick Kurtz, get the ball to Mitch Matthews, throw the ball out of the backfield to Nate Carter, throw it to Algie Brown who has good hands out of the backfield, get, get the ball to the guys that can make plays out in space, and then, oh, yeah, if a play breaks down, he's going to run around and make a big play. He's the kind of guy that when a play breaks down and, and somebody doesn't contain him on the edge, isn't just going to go run and get you five yards. He may go 70 yards for a touchdown. And he can be game-changing. But he has to pick those spots this year. Without Jamal, I think that it's even more imperative that Taysom stay healthy for a full season. If he's healthy and distributes the football, BYU can have a really, really special season. I think he knows that going in, and that's why he answered that question the way he did. That it really doesn't change. He doesn't have to carry more load because the load he was carrying to begin with was big-time distributor and making everybody on that field better. Okay, let's talk about the uh, true athletes on the field, uh, the defensive side. Uh, Fred <laughs> Warner told us that uh, Harvey Longy has become the the vocal leader. Uh, do you think that he can be the guy on the defensive side in regards to leadership? You know, they really need somebody, don't they, Brian? We we watched that closely last year. They need somebody to emerge and to be the man, and and a linebacker is a good position, you know, because linebackers are right in the middle of everything. They're run stoppers. they got to get out and pass defense, so they're in a position to make a lot of plays. And you want your leader to be somebody that's a big-time player. You know, th- there can be guys that are role players that, that aren't making as many plays that step up and try to try to be vocal. Uh, sometimes you have great players that are in a position that they can, can be leaders, but they don't make much noise. You're disappointed that they don't take that leadership role. 
I think he's the perfect combination. He's got an NFL linebacker type of a frame to work with. He's got tremendous speed, um, very, very agile. He's a running back in, in high school, really, really good running back. So he's got all the physical skills to be a dominant player at that linebacker, like even NFL-type skill set if he continues to work really, really hard and get bigger and stronger and faster. And I hear over the summer that he was a guy that was very vocal. He's got good enough skills that players are going to go, okay, it's okay that this guy speaks up because he's a great player. Because you can't just speak up if you can't get it done on the field. I think he can do both. So there's a long answer to your question, Brian, but yes, I think he can be one of those guys that can get it done. BYU TV football insider Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation talking about revelations from day one of BYU fall football camp, day two, about four minutes from getting underway. Let's stay with the defensive side of the ball, Blaine. How much better will this BYU defense be compared to last year? Here's the thing. They don't have to be great defensively for this team to be really successful. They just need to be very sound, and they need to manage points and not really worry that much about managing yards. That's been the focus for Bronco for a lot of years, and last year we found ourselves talking eight, nine, ten games into the season about assignment errors that were resulting in big plays for the other team's offense. They can't have that this year, and I don't think they will. They played a lot of young guys. You mentioned Fred Warner, really talented, very young. Taki uh, Taki, really talented, very young. We had some veteran guys making mistakes, but think about guys at the corners like Davis and Prater. They were young. They've got a whole year more of experience under their belts. And Michael Davis came over and started to play DB after he had played receiver for such a long time, and so he was learning. It was a work in progress. If they're not significantly better this year, just because of their knowledge of what they're supposed to do and being in the right spots, I will be very surprised. And I, and I think that just by being where they're supposed to be, keeping things in front of them, making teams drive 14 and 15 plays to get a score, they'll be able to manage points. And this offense with Taysom Hill and the receiving core he has and a more veteran line should put up enough points that they can just go out and win a lot of games. So, there's another long answer for you, Spencer, but yes, I think they will be better. I don't think they need to be great. I think they need to be sound in what they're doing and not let big plays get over the top. If they can do that, then BYU can have a really, really fun season. Blaine, you were one of BYU's all-time greatest backup quarterbacks. Uh, <laughs> what advice would you give to a backup quarterback like uh, Tanner Mangum, knowing that Taysom could potentially go down at, at any moment? He's got to learn from Taysom about how you approach the game and how you approach preparation and do all that. Because prep at the college level is so much different than the high school level. You've got to watch a ton of film, um, and, and you've got to get to the point where instead of thinking through things, you're just reacting, but you're making good decisions and you're getting the ball up on time. And so he's got to focus on just the real simple things right now. Because I guarantee you, if Taysom were to go down the first couple of games, Robert and I is going to really simplify the offense um, so that, that Mangum has simple reads and can get the ball up on time. That's the key to this offense. So he needs to not put too much pressure on himself to be the man. He needs to not try to go out and be an unbelievable vocal leader. He just needs to be a quiet observer right now. He needs to be competent out there with what he's doing, and he needs to watch everything that Taysom, Hill does, or that Taysom um, does uh, in terms of work ethic and preparation to become a better football player. 
And then you know what? When he, if he's thrust into that role, he doesn't need to be a vocal leader then either. I mean, he needs to quietly get it done this year, and when he's proven himself on the field, he can become more and more vocal. I hope, for BYU's sake, that he gets a chance to develop slowly and that Taysom stays healthy, because that's the ideal situation. If if in these first four games with that schedule, they end up having to go with Mangum as a as the regular guy, man, that's a that's a brutal task to ask a freshman quarterback to take on. So so let's all keep our fingers crossed that uh, that Taysom stays healthy and that Mangum has a chance to develop the way we want him to slowly and over time, learning from a really really good veteran quarterback. Blaine, great stuff. In fact, there were four and a half beeps in that interview, and I don't even care because it was so good. <laughs> there was a half a beep? How did we get a half I, a beep? I don't know. I'm calling it a He's half. It we a missed half. it, and so I'm calling it a half. I'm giving you five. <laughs> I, was, I, was going, I was going for two today. That was my goal, so I underachieved. But uh, next week, we'll, I'm going to have to lower it to one. We're going hey, to have to it was it's, it's early in fall camp, man. you got some time to work some things out. just got to pay, right. pay your bill on time. Uncle, well, I'm, I'm heading out to practice here, so I'll uh, I'll give you guys your report on practice next week uh, as I'm going to catch a bunch of practices this week. Sounds good. Thanks, Blaine. All right, guys. Thanks. Who will be the 2015 BYU football fall camp MVP? Blaine Fowler says it has to be Taysom Hill. Great point. There man. is no other option. It has to be Taysom. At Donisay, one Al would agree. He says Taysom will put the team on his shoulders and be a madman leading the way to the season. There you go. That's right. I don't know. I mean, generally, you're right. If we go for an off-the-radar player, I don't know, man. It's hard. But does it have to be Taysom? Up next, the man in charge of the running backs, Mark Ottawaya. Welcome back on a Monday, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Brian Logan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Get your hands on some BYU sports, they some swag. Go to BYUstore.com and search BYU Sports Nation or Blue Goggles to get your own pair or a BYU SN t-shirt. Saw quite a few references to the Blue Goggles over the weekend after day one. And that's, yeah. that's what's hard about this. Like, it's one day of practice. So how much can you really know? That's why we picked two things today. Two revelations. Yeah. One, the running backs group, which we thought would have some new guys brought over, did not. Mm-hmm. And it appears to be Algie Brown, Adam Hine, and Nate Carter and then we'll see. So no new bodies with the running backs. And secondly, the first mention of a vocal defensive leader, Brian. Yeah, and, and I mean, I would even go further than that. Yeah, a, a defensive leader is starting to emerge. But when you look at the collective effort of the defense and how they performed on Saturday was far ab- above and beyond what I had expected. I, where they're at right now, now, again, like Spencer said, it's the first. It's the first week. I'm gonna go standard fit and put the <laughs> put the big ones on. But uh, I, I didn't really expect to see the the passion and and the excitement and I guess I would say the the, the desire, the the will to, the effort until week one. Uh, until after after the first week, because because a lot of the the younger guys, you really don't get that from Coach Mendenhall, right? You really don't understand it. And so, uh, you know, the guys last year that barely had some experience uh, under Coach Howe, they, 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 they realize, hey, you know, we, we got a new man in charge. We got Coach Mendenhall. You know, this is what he expects from us. Let's go out and let's execute. So we'll see when we get the pads on, though. That's when it really counts, full pads. I'm liking what I'm seeing right now with blue goggles on. I'll tell you that much right now. 
All I see is blue. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Today marks day two of fall camp for the Cougars. Wide receiver Mitch Matthews and Micah Hanneman both did not participate in day one of fall camp. Undisclosed minor injuries is what we're gathering, and there's no reason to believe, at least that's what we're hearing from coaches, that either guy will miss any significant time, let alone a game. Yes, it it sounds like uh, not too much panic right, going on. They're just like, "Ah, yeah, they'll be back soon. Uh, NFL football is back. The preseason kicked off last night's Hall of Fame game featuring the Minnesota Vikings and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Former BYU favorite double minority, Jordan Leslie, did not play. Let for the, the man see the field, That's Minnesota. Please. Confused, scratch the, my head. The voice of BYU men's volleyball, Jerem Jordan, has confirmed that Jake Langlois and Ben Patch will play in the Pan Am Cup for Team USA volleyball in Reno, Nevada. August 12th through the 17th. That starts on Wednesday. Nice. Jacob Hanneman went three for five with two runs and an RBI for the Tennessee Smokies in a 14-1 route of the Jackson Generals. BYU running backs coach Mark Atawaya is faced with quite the challenge now. No Jamal Williams, and he's coaching up a group of running backs that expected the J-Swag Daddy to lead them emotionally, spiritually, and physically on the field. Well, where does Mark Atawaya go from here with his current group of running backs? It's BYU Football All Access with Coach Atawaya. All right, Mark, obviously this has been an adventurous week for you. (laughs) You just wrapped up uh, day one of fall camp. Your initial thoughts, uh, having seen the guys without Jamal after day one? Very, very pleased with uh, how in shape they are. Uh, You know, again, uh, kudos to Frank uh, for, for getting everybody ready. Him and his staff, they did an excellent job. Uh, I couldn't be more pleased with the way that they came out and, and prepared uh, all summer long and, and how they're uh, playing right now, playing really well, especially for a first day. You know, there's, again, uh, you know, still little nuances that they've got to correct. But uh, other than that, I'm very pleased with, uh, with the product that they, uh, that they produced out uh, in the summer and, and who I'm working with right now. So. How did the guys respond to the news when they found out Jamal would not be playing this year? Yeah, again, uh, you know, every, we love Jamal. Everybody does, and uh, particularly in our room. Uh, you know, we've, you know, we know, probably know him best, uh, better than, you know, everybody else on the team. We spend a lot of time together. And, uh, and so, yes, it was, uh, it's unfortunate that he's not here with us, but we're very grateful in the sense that, uh, you know, he's, uh, you know he's gonna he's gonna be all right, and, and that we're gonna have the, the next people step up and 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 again put the best product out there against Nebraska. I, I really do feel that that uh, the guys that I have in my room are well prepared and uh, are anxious to uh, to represent BYU and and to play our brand of football, and and I think that uh, that's gonna happen. So, how much do you enjoy the challenge now? that you face to motivate these guys in the absence of Jamal? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's great. Uh, you know, this is my third year here and uh, my third fall camp. So uh, I, I feel, you know, well prepared to, to, for this task, especially, uh, again, with Jamal not being here. We, we played the last four or five games with him uh, last year and uh, without him. So we, uh, you know, we, we have some, uh, some clue about how to go about it and, uh, I think uh, the the guys in our room, you know, Algie, uh, Nate, and uh, Ai, and 
you know, Adam and, you know, everybody else that, you know, has been battle tested. Now I think they're going to come through and, and produce for us. And so, again, we know what the standard is and it hasn't gone down. And, uh, you know, again, without uh, Jamal, it'll be difficult, but uh, not impossible. So. One more question about 21, then we'll move on to your personnel, the guys that are actually going to play this year. Yeah. Uh, have you had a conversation with him, and, and how are his spirits? Oh, yeah, I, uh, last night I talked to him, and uh, it's good. He's, uh, he's doing okay, and, uh, you know, again, we're going to – yeah, he has things they ha- that he has to do, and, and, again, there's things that he knows that we need to do right now. So he's been through fall camp, and he knows uh, – how it is uh, for the brothers that uh, that are here right now. So uh, we'll be okay. You know, we'll be fine. And, and uh, again, we'll, we'll just put our heads down and go to work. And, and I think we'll be okay. Algie Brown looks quicker. Looks like he's dropped a little bit of weight. Yeah, Algie looks good. He, he looks really good. Um, so, did, so does Nate. So does uh, Ai. You know, and... and uh, you know, a couple others that we're relying on. There's a, there's a kid named Kobe Hansen that uh, was a walk-on last year, and uh, he's doing well. And, uh, you know, with Adam Hine coming back, you know, we, we've got a stable of guys that we can go to. And, uh, you know, we'll figure out how we're going to, you know, scheme uh, not being, you know, being without Jamal. But, again, I, I think uh, the onus is on us as, as coaches and, and, and uh, uh Again, that's, that's how I want it to be. And then we'll be prepared and we'll put the best product forward. So, Who's the energy guy now in the running backs group? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm hoping somebody emerges. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're going to have uh, all fall camp to, to do that and see who rises to the top in that department. But, again, everybody has their personalities, and I don't like uh, anybody to be fake. So, uh, you know, we're just going to work with what we have and, and – Everybody's going to be genuine, and, and everybody's going to know what they're going to do and, and do their job well. And uh, I think that's uh, what Cougar fans can look forward to. You mentioned this is year three. Now that you are in year three of the go-fast, go-hard offense, <laughs> how much of a difference can you tell in, in what the guys know on day one compared to years previous? And, and again, you can ask Coach Anai when, when he comes, but uh, my assessment of it today is, is awesome because we were doing things that, uh, you know, we would normally, I guess, it would take a while to learn. And, and uh, again, we were just with different things that, that we do. And uh, we started on day one with those things, and it was great because now we can, uh, we can improve on, on, on those things that we'll, we'll use in the game and, and, and prepare our guys a lot better than we have in the past simply because we have better stuff. You know, and, and so... You know, having said all of that, I, I'm just happy that the guys are in shape, physically able to do those things, and then we're gonna uh, we're gonna come come ready to go, and then it'll be exciting in, in in Nebraska. So you're never short on excitement or energy <laughs> or energy on the field. Uh, do you ever want to put on the pads, like, and just just for a few plays, and just just uh, go at it with them? I'm telling you, man, I'm too old for that stuff, man. <laughs> I I watch how I coach my guys, and I'm telling them, you know, to do the things that I I used to do in the past, and Gosh, I'm, man, I'm, I'll break. Guarantee I'm brittle now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, sometimes you, you – I, I, I guess that's where I pour my energy into my coaching. And, uh, you know, between the chalk lines, you know, that, that's when the excitement hits me. And, I'm, again, I'm, I, I – yes, it, it, it's unfortunate that we don't have 2-1, but I'm really excited for the season. And, and 
again, uh, the guys that are in my room will 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 handle the pressure and, and, and are excited to for the challenge, and I think we'll we'll do okay. BYU Sports Nation All Access with Mark Atuaya. Thanks, Coach. All right, good. See you guys. <laughs> Mark Atuaya, and here's the silver lining to all of this, Brian. And uh, he mentioned to this this to me briefly before we started the official interview. Uh, is the expectations from opponents now with Jamal Williams being out is that, oh, it, it's going to be all Taysom. It's going to be all Taysom. And so this is an opportunity for the BYU running backs to perhaps catch some opponents off guard when the expectations are low and that it's going to be all about Taysom. So if he can hand the ball off to Algie, mm-hmm. and Algie performs like he did against UCF and against Cal, we could catch some we could catch opponents on their heels a little bit. That's what Mark Atuaya's words were. Yeah, definitely. Well, especially the first couple of games. I mean, Nebraska really doesn't really know what's going to happen. And, and same thing for, for BYU. I mean, it, it's always tough to really have a great scouting report on the first game, especially when it's a whole new offense and new defense, new coaching staff like Nebraska. Uh, but even then, moving into to Boise, you still have a general idea, but you, you really don't know 100%. You know, was that a fluke the previous game? Uh, was that specifically tailored for that style of, of, of D or that specific team? Whatever the case is. And so, yeah, the first couple of games, you do have an opportunity to say, whoa, we game plan just for Taysom. We didn't game plan for anybody else. So it is a great opportunity. But moving further down – teams are going to catch up like okay Algie Brown that's the guy we have to worry about him and Taysom who will be the 2015 BYU football fall camp MVP at Matthew W. Evans says heir apparent Tanner Mangum is the guy up next we'll give you the results of round one of our top 16 plays of independence BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU. Spencer Linton, Brian Logan, live from Studio B. Did you miss our interview earlier with Uncle B? Uh, no worries. Go to youtube.com forward slash BYU TV Sports to watch all of our interviews on the show. You can also catch that interview that we just heard from Mark Atawaya. Brian, you know what I need right now? What is that, my friend? A little fife and drum. Oh, yeah. Feeling it now. The fife and drum rolling for our update on the greatest plays of BYU football independence. Sounds like something right out of the early 80s. This song is great, man. Or perhaps, as one of our PAs, Brandon Crow, said, (laughs) a news report from Bunker Hill. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. We released a 16-play bracket. A little over a week ago, and after 6,000 votes, the elite-ish eight have now moved on to the second round. The first matchup will feature Kyle Van Noy's hit six against San Diego State in the bowl game against another Kyle Van Noy play when he won the game at Mississippi. That's just wrong, man. Kyle versus Kyle. I wish that could have been spread out somewhere. Which play moves on to the final four? Can we get the music back again? Just one more time, please. Yeah, bring it back. Let's, let's go again. <laughs> Number two is the no helmet, no problem play. Matt Reynolds, Riley Nelson, Cody Hoppin all involved in there. Taking on Taysom's 68-yard run against Texas, which will move on to face That's no the 1-8 matchup. No helmet, no problem has that one. 
Cody Hoffman wrecks Tech against the goal line stand of all stands at Boise State. Ooh, that's hard. The 2-7 matchup. And then finally, Taysom Hill's Leap of Faith, the three seed, taking on the only upset in the first round, the 11 seed from Aloha Cody Hoffman, his one-handed grab against Hawaii. Leap of Faith. Going to get that. Three versus 11 there. Continue to vote. BYUtv.org. It is the number one blog. Everyone is voting. We invite all of you to decide which is the greatest play of BYU football independence. Who do you think now? Is, is anything changed for you? I still think that no helmet, no problem deserves way more respect because there were so many elements to that play. So you think, okay, so you would say no helmet, no problem versus the leap of faith in the championship. Would you say that? That's not going to happen. That won't, that won't happen. But I think that no helmet, no problem because it was a great play by Matt Reynolds. An equally great play by Riley Nelson, who got drilled after he made the throw, and a good play by Cody Hoffman to duck be, three I defenders think it could and be score. Taysom's takeover. All right, I think so. Because of your art, that specific argument right there, I think so. Plus, you have Taysom. You have Taysom in the leap of faith. I think that right there. That's fans, the iconic like, image, right? Know, yeah. Yes. Right. That that it, that trumps Taysom's take, uh, Texas takeover to me because it's like. You have a great performance against Texas, but then you have a actual image that could be posted on a Wheaties box. That right there is is much more valuable to me as a fan. But Brian, who's going to make the play that everyone remembers on September fifth? Countdown to the Cornhuskers. Twenty-six days. Twenty-six days away from an actual football game. Less than four Ooh, weeks. We are wait. in fall camp. I cannot wait, man. So who's gonna be who's who's gonna be your Y factor, Spencer? I'm not revealing that right now. <laughs> You're looking at the Y factor champion from last you year, won? Brian. I won the Bro, y- we're yeah. champions. That's right. What? You were the year before. Yes. You were the 2013 champ. I was yep. the 2014 champ. I took a yeah. You were. You, I took a year off too. So Apparently, did back. you even win one last year? Barely won. I was <laughs> politicking like crazy to win. Our Cougar Whip Around on the Elite Tweet of the Day up next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation, presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. What should we do right now, Brian? Whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Football camp opened on Saturday and continues with day two today. Of note, Mitch Matthews and Micah Hanneman both sat out of practice on the first day with minor injuries. No need to panic, ladies and gentlemen. Cougars in the NFL. The Minnesota Vikings and former BYU wide receiver Jordan Leslie opened the preseason in the NFL against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday, but Jordan did not see the field. Put the man in. Men's volleyball. Current Cougars Jake Langlois and Ben Patch will play for Team USA in the Pan Am Cup in Reno, Nevada, starting on August 12th. Baseball. Jacob Hanneman, three for five with two runs and an RBI to help the Tennessee Baseball Smokies blow out the Jackson Generals on Saturday. Final score, 14 to one. Swimming and diving. Jake Taylor took seventh in the 100-meter backstroke in the Phillips 66 National Championships, competing against the likes of Michael Phelps and Ryan Locke. Congratulations, Jake. Man, he's that's the elite of elite that, competition. Yeah, that is right there. Team USA Swimming. Yeah. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. We need the most. DexterLaw.com, and we're giving it to Harvey Longy. One play specifically I remember, Brian. He runs full speed down the field to catch up with the wide receiver, 
it's, they're not in pads, mind you. Mm. He tries to strip the ball. Dude hits the deck hard. Like, there's major contact there. Guy gets up and thinks, I'm going to throw the football at Harvey. And then it's like, you know what? It's Harvey Longy. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that. I like the hustle, and I like that, that he's trying to establish himself as the vocal leader, which BYU needs. They need that guy. Yeah, somebody, somebody has to step up. It, it, at this point, you, you almost don't really care who or, or like where it comes from as far as the position, who it is uh, on the defense. You obviously want it to be a starter. But like Blaine said, you, 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 it's hard to find a mix of somebody that can make plays, who's athletic, but still has that talent. And, and I do believe Harvey is a good mixture uh, of just that. Our Twitter question today, who will be the 2015 BYU football fall camp MVP? Let's get a few tweets in. you got tweets. From at B underscore Y underscore U underscore CJ. That's a lot of underscores. <laughs> TJ on Karoma because he's getting better at calling plays to the entire line, which benefits the offense and Taysom Hill staying healthy. That's an outside take. That T- is, that's, it's hard to kind of judge that though can a center how do you yeah like what what can a center do to establish himself as yeah that's the guy that's the fall camp mvp uh, probably like during one-on-ones you can maybe see some pancakes maybe like during scrimmage you can see some pancakes and things like that but um maybe perfect snaps dude he came up to me after saturday night's practice huge huh I i was I just cannot believe the size he's huge of his arms what makes it like it's not a joke. His arms are bigger than my thighs. That is not an exaggeration. I was going to say your body, but yeah. Dude. Yeah. He, enormous. What makes it worse is like he's, he's short. If he was a little bit taller, it would maybe thin out, but he's like a big bowling ball. <laughs> <laughs> the elite tweet of the day from at Ryan Friday. He says, Christian Stewart's going to be the fall camp MVP. I hear he quit his job, and they found a loophole for fall camp participation. Oh, wow. I'm dead. I love Christian. Thanks to Blaine Fowler, Mark Otsuai, and everyone on our crew. The show on demand on BYUSN.com. For Brian, I am Spencer. Shout out to Paul Walkenhorst. We're back tomorrow with more BYU football fall.